0: Welcome to the Hindu's Pale Podcast. I'm your host this week, Jacob Koshi. Recent weeks have seen a surge in incidents and reports all across the country of people, especially children, being brutally mauled by straight dogs. Estimates put the number of street dogs in India as anywhere from 1.5 crore to 6 crore. And these have begun to be viewed as a public health crisis. To discuss how India got to the state, the steps taken by authorities and potential solutions to the crisis, I have shelja Chandra, an ex-IAS officer and former chief secretary to the Delhi government and health secretary to the centre. And joined by Meghna Unial, director and co-founder of Humane Foundation for People and Animals. Welcome to the show. So I'm going to uh, begin with you, uh, shelja see you're somebody who's you know who's been in administrative positions in you know in delhi you know at the central government etc and i even chanced upon this post of yours from 10 years ago on your blog something called the truth about cats and dogs and this was i think from uh, you know the, the commonwealth games in 2010 where you spoke about the street dogs so this is clearly an issue with a long history so you know could you just first of all lay out uh, for instance, how, in your experience, have governments and, and you know administrative bodies tried to track tackle the street dog problem?
1: You see the focus of the government, at least in Delhi government was much more on monkeys. Street dogs came into the picture and they continue to come into the picture when somebody gets bitten and it becomes news in the media. Uh, news around the drawing room or within friends and relatives does not really hit anybody's conscience. I live in a colony where, I mean, I came from a government colony where you were very, very well cared for and a lot of security. So suddenly being thrown into a colony that was about, let's say, 15 years ago, I found about 16 street dogs just around the park in front of our house. So I uh, was absolutely shocked because they used to yowl and howl and, you know, move in packs, go for cyclists, go for young children. Nobody got bitten in my presence, but the fact was it was a nuisance and visitors, particularly people who came, NRIs who came to visit us from, say, different countries were shocked. They said, does your government not do anything about it? Don't your residents represent about this? And I found that on the contrary, I was in a minority 15 years ago onwards, in a huge minority because most people feel around even this colony, which is pretty, I mean, high end in terms of a private colony, that feeding dogs, you're doing good to them. You're doing welfare and not feeding them or ignoring them is really a bit sinful. Secondly, If you can neuter them and you can do the anti-rabies, then they will get assimilated in the territory in which they are and they are not a threat to anyone. I would say, yes, there is a certain truth in that because when I saw these 16 dogs and there were breeding going on and so many little, little puppies all over and you had mating going on on the streets, I rang up the municipal corporation and they came. And this veterinarian officer from the corporation said, madam, there's nothing we can do about it. We are against a real wall. I said, but isn't it your job under the Municipal Corporation Act? He says, we can't because the animal welfare people are much too strong. We are in a minority, but I'll pick up the dogs, I'll get them neutered and I'll send them back to this locality. I said, but that's not fair. 16 dogs in a population of something like, you might say, 50 houses around the park. I said, this is really unfair. And they are yowl through the night. So he said, nothing can be done. So to answer your question, Jacob, it is a situation where most people say the neutering and the vaccination is fine, but feeding dogs and saying it should be in a designated place, which sounds very good it doesn't work because if you leave it to the residents to monitor that residents are like me elderly people they don't go out at 9 and 10 at night when people come out of homes maid servants bring plastic bags of leftover food and just chuck it on the street that is what actually goes on. So you can keep screaming that you have a law, but there's nobody to enforce it. So basically, I would say the municipal corporation has a huge responsibility. The health, the public health part of it has an even bigger responsibility. Neither are doing anything. They've left it to the Animal Welfare Board's rules, which are non-implementable.
0: Got it. Meghna, could you also come in on this? I mean, uh, give us some sense of a historical perspective on has this problem been the same for several decades or i mean are we in some kind of a you know is are we now in a particular state of emergency or a crisis would you call it like that or do you think we have been in a state of emergency or a crisis for many years and i would like you to expand not just delhi you know probably across others you know other states and cities too
2: Right. So let me see if I can provide some kind of context to the problem to begin with. Now, the issue of stray dogs is is not an Indian problem. It's very much a global issue. And this is primarily because of our relationship with dogs. We, we like dogs, we want to keep them, we want to breed them, etc. And also the fact that dogs breed at a very large scale and at a very fast pace. So what happens is globally, supply always tends to exceed the demand for dogs, as a result of which surplus animals, unwanted animals, irresponsibly bred uh, puppies and litters, end up on the streets. Now, all countries face this issue. The difference is how we go about addressing and approaching the problem. Globally, our laws laws across the world are the same for stray animals. They, the acts and laws recognize stray animals to be a negative issue, to, to something that has very deep negative and horrific consequences and uh, impacts on human beings, on livestock, wildlife, as well as the, the dogs themselves, because they are uh, domestic animals which are now in a homeless state. So globally, as well as in India, laws are geared towards the capture and removal of stray animals, as well as simultaneously, both preventive and active measures that are all done together over every single day, over, you know, till the end of time, till we own dogs, to ensure that there are no stray animals. And whatever animals do end up on the streets are picked up to be sheltered, rehomed or euthanized. Uh, To give an example, the U.S. today, which has a zero tolerance policy for stray dogs and has no stray dogs on the streets, they still have surplus dogs and they euthanize up to 3 million dogs and cats every single year. So the difference is we are just allowing those animals to end up on the streets and we are leaving them there. And this is happening against the laws that we, that we have. So, for instance, the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act, which is the principal act for the protection of animals, recognizes that dogs are domestic animals. They suffer on the streets due to homelessness. They also impact human beings and therefore should be removed to be sheltered, rehomed or euthanized. This is the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act. Our state municipal acts, which are meant for the protection of people, also recognize the negative impacts of straying animals and mandate their capture and removal and again uh, to be sheltered, rehomed or euthanized. Now, what has happened is that. This this was unfortunately this is done in a very crude and sort of haphazard manner where municipalities go you know uh, in a very sort of uh, crude manner catch dogs and use the cheapest methods of uh, killing them, which is electrocution or uh, gassing or other poisoning etc.
0: Sorry, how does it happen in the U.S. Then? I mean, how do they?
2: So they you they they humanely put animals to sleep. No, that, that's that's actually yeah. lethal injection. And the WHO itself, the World Health Organization itself, has a a variety of uh, uh, methodologies listed for uh, the humane euthanasia of unwanted animals and litters, uh, kittens and pups as well. So now this was the problem that needed to be addressed, that we can't go around uh, culling animals in this, you know, haphazard, crude manner, they have to be humanely captured and our laws have to be implemented in, you know, some sort of systematic and logical manner. What we've done then, in we've gone from mass killing, crude, horrific mass killing, to the other end of the spectrum, which is now just leave everything on the road, because supposedly stray dogs is a is a wonderful idea, because they're not stray dogs, they're community dogs. They just belong to the community, like, you know, perhaps uh, squirrels or birds, or, you know, they're being equated with uh, as being part of nature. And now, so the problem remains the same earlier, you know, dogs are still homeless, dogs are still uh, being dogs, which means they're going to form packs, they're going to chase, hunt, kill, because it's what dogs do. You know, if you leave a bunch of Pomeranians and Dobermans uh, suddenly out on the road, they'll do the exact same thing. So, because dogs are dogs, they're descended from wolves. they unsupervised and without human supervision and control, dogs will go very quickly back to the federal state, which is what we are seeing on the streets. And now we are seeing this increasingly also a because the population has just uh, it's become a staggering sixty million dogs. that's that's so obviously they are much larger packs. They are, the ratio of dogs to humans has increased uh, by leaps and bounds. And we are also now feeding the problem literally and figuratively. So what happens is that you know a dog, being a loyal animal, thinks, this is my house. I'm being fed here. So naturally, these large packs of uh, unowned dogs are becoming territorial and aggressive about public spaces where they are being fed. This is the problem, and it's become, it's sort of, you know, multiplied many fold. And this is here, here is where we are now, where, where you just walk onto a road and somebody will be attacked, and, you know, more horrific things are taking place. Uh, uh,
0: Shelter, you know, I wanted your perspective on this, see, on the question of how government responds to, you know, certain things. So, you know, as Meghna was pointing out, you know, uh, there, you, there was, I mean, there was a time when, you know, You know, the municipal bodies could actually decide, uh, uh, could find out which were offending, which, I mean, which dogs posed danger or they could, they could monitor in their localities and take them away. And if they deem fit, you know, euthanize it. But at some point, the, you know, the tide changed, so to say. I mean, so I don't know. Do you have any uh, historical perspective on this on how does, how is the different arms of government can work at cross purposes with each other i mean how can uh you know there are laws like the prevention of cruelty of animal laws there are animal birth control laws but i mean is it a feature of government is it politics whereby you know one set of one set of ideology on such as saying that you know we you know we can't be cruel to animals so let us just go the other way is it is it because of tensions between center and state or whatever that this situation that we are now facing has now gone to the other entire extreme? I mean, any, from a an administrative perspective.
1: You know, let me give you the picture, the legal picture, which Meghra knows better, but I'm talking administratively. The municipal corporations all have, throughout the country, the corporations and the municipal uh, municipalities are governed by acts. They are state acts, but there is also a, Ministry of Urban Development, which is supposed to actually bring together the policy aspects, the technical aspects, because municipalities are, you might say, answerable. I don't mean answerable in a federal kind of a way, but answerable in terms of technical knowledge, as the health ministry does, say, for COVID and the states, is answerable to the Ministry of Urban Development. Urban development is so heavily involved in construction and those kinds of activities and building laws and all the things that go into sewage and all. They do not have the bandwidth or the interest to get into this area of the act, the municipal acts, which have very many, very rigorous provisions for the containment of menace caused by street dogs. They are referred to in black and white. There are sections of the law, but they are ignored. Why? Officers generally take their cue from the political milieu in which they operate. If the political milieu, which, which in turn takes its cue from what does the greater number of people seem to believe in, Today, the greater number of people, and this goes back to many years, in the health ministry, people routinely were feeding bananas and lunch to the monkeys, and that Nirman Bhavan was infested with monkeys. Then comes this whole problem of stray dogs and the attitude being, you are doing good to an animal. You are looking after an animal. It gives you a certain, you might say you've done good.
0: It's a karma, a karmic thing again.
1: It is a punya kind of a thing. Yes, yes. So that comes into play. And more people believe in that. And politically, it is probably become almost, you might say, a requirement that you must not ever interfere with an animal's life, so you have in colonies cows roaming around, cow dung on the streets, you have them in high market areas like the Priya Cinema, which is you know sort of been inaugurated fairly recently by the Urban Development Minister. It has cobblestone, it is really state-of-art pavements, but you still have cows and stray dogs shitting all over the place. That is to be tolerated according to the public. And the public, what they want, the politicians take a cue from it. And once they take a cue from it, the municipal corporations take a back seat. They can do it in one month, they can attend to this problem. They will not do it, because they have no political, uh, you might say, push to be doing it.
0: Okay. Meghad, would you agree with this? Because, I mean, this is is an interesting way of looking at it. We can understand cows and cows have this you know we have a long tradition of you know uh, you know you can't harm cows you can't you know you have to take care of them cow shelters etc this is this goes back to our religious traditions and which is you know which people follow you know in their own uh, capacities but stray dogs because i have also and it is also common observation that many people walk around with sticks and people also you know beat up dogs they may and we see that you know quite frequently we see beaten up maimed street dogs so people also unleash a lot of anger towards uh, these animals so then uh is it would you agree that this is a matter of uh is it because of i don't know our you know our cultural attitude towards dogs that have now allowed them to proliferate or uh, do you think this is this is uh, this is an issue for instance about how, I mean, our our municipalities and our departments, we don't have the wherewithal to take care of people. I mean, garbage overflows in streets, that it, it's common knowledge. So the, the bodies don't have money for taking care of infrastructural demands. So they have just let the dog issue go into to the other end. So where, where, where do you, how do you stand on this? What What, do you, what is your analysis of the situation?
2: right i'd like to just add to what chalda said and explain this further it's not only an issue of uh, you know uh, how everything is in india nobody follows any laws nobody implements any laws municipalities don't do what they're supposed to do that's that's a p- one part of it but that applies universally to possibly everything in the country as far as governance is concerned as far as the specific issue of stray dog control and management is concerned our laws require both for the welfare of people as well as dogs themselves, regardless of how we feel about them culturally, and you know, feeding of dogs is b- b- etc. Laws for the protection of people, citizens, and animals themselves require that stray animals, that is, homeless animals, unwanted animals, are removed from public places and sheltered, rehomed, euthanized, whatever. Now, I, I like you mentioned people take out a lot of their ire and anger on on animals itself this is this is very true and this is a very concerning uh, issue because when you pit people against dogs or dogs against people in public places, in on the streets, in hospitals, schools, residential areas, etc. And you tell people that now stray animals, stray dogs have the same rights as your children and we are not going to remove them. We are just going to keep them there. Retaliatory attacks on these animals increase because there is literally no way for people to otherwise protect their families physically. So now we are seeing increasing stray dog attacks inside gated communities, inside the premises of hospitals, public parks, markets, just somebody walking on the road is, you know, attacked by a dog who who doesn't want to be there, but he's, you know, it's forced to be there. Now, I want to explain where this is coming from. You see, the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act is an animal welfare-based legislation which lays down that animals can be used, owned, managed, and even killed, but that this must be done in a humane manner. So the laws for the protection of animals under the PCA Act are looked at through the lens of human rights as well right they are not looked at in the prevention of cruelty to animals the doesn't give rights to animals it vests in us the duty to protect them from unnecessary suffering now what has happened globally is that the winds of an, the animal rights ideology are blowing and they are being forced by you know uh, like a global cabal of, of very well funded international ngos towards de- to the towards the developing world so PETA, for instance, is a foreign NGO. It does, it, it, uh, it's promoting, funding and even fighting court cases in India to keep stray animals as community animals just on our streets and, and on, uh, you know, uh, public places.
0: And their philosophy, animals have the same, I mean, street dogs have the same rights as people. Yes,
2: yes. But this is not pushed by PETA in the US or the developed world. It's only for, you know, the, the this whole issue is, uh, you know, sort of confused and put forward in this manner only in the developing world. That, oh, it's our culture and it's our religion and it's our tradition to. Yes, of course, it's traditionally, culturally, we have a very good relationship with dogs. But it's not in our culture to be bitten by stray animals and die of rabies. Those negative, you know, it's not in our culture to own uh, dogs irresponsibly. It's not in our culture to, to pit animals against people or even give rights to animals. Now, animal rights may be an aspirational idea for certain NGOs or bodies or certain, you know, a segment of people. But the, the our constitution doesn't allow for it because our constitution is an animal welfare based, uh, has a animal welfare based legislation. So the problem is this small body of people, NGOs, activists via the Animal Welfare Board, which is literally a tiny board in Haryana somewhere with five people sitting in the office, which is pushing for legislation, drafting legislation, which is based on animal rights. And therefore, we are stuck with this idea of dogs are equal to people and they have the same same exact rights as as anybody else to public places now this is this is just not true legally factually this is not the case so we have a case of acts the actual principal acts on one side and then you have a set of rules subordinate rules that are actually only meant to enforce the act but they they make these acts redundant this is the primary conflict yeah
0: so, that's very interesting. So, you know, I mean, you were referring to the Animal Welfare Board of India. So, you're saying that, number one, the Animal Welfare Board of India is a very powerful organization and that has a great deal of clout in being able to influence, you know, the uh, the interaction between street dogs and people, number one. Number two is, you're also saying that, I don't know, they have a very, very different uh, philosophy and attitude towards animals. That is, they... Believe in this equalizing the rights of people and animal uh, and uh, street dogs. I mean, only they have this kind of. I mean, how did how did that happen? I mean, because I thought this was AWBI was a was a was a general welfare kind of
2: right. So under right. the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act, the AWBI is an advisory body. The, the provision of the AWBI is an advisory body to the government of India on matters of protection of animals, etc. So they are supposed to, even if they come up with legislation, which actually they're not supposed to, but even if they do suggest something to the government, it has to be to further the act, which is protect. Forget about people. If you're talking only about the protection of animals, then they must be protected under the act uh, from a life of homelessness, because the, the act recognizes stray dogs as home, un, unowned homeless dogs. It, the act penalizes you and me for allowing our pet to roam, aban- be abandoned or die on the streets. The act recognizes already that unowned animals, domestic animals like, like dogs, suffer on the streets. So the Animal Welfare Board only needed to come up with, uh, you know, sort of certain um, uh, uh, rules that prevented unnecessary suffering or cruel, barbaric methods of capture and euthanasia when required for dogs. Instead, they've gone the animal rights way, which is to say now everything has the same rights Uh, and they're going to live on the streets and they can't be removed. They have as much right to public spaces Uh, as you do. Now, again, like I said, this may be aspirational in terms of the animal rights ideology, but this is illegal as far as the laws of the country and the constitution is concerned. And therefore, we are, you know, we are oscillating between mass killing and just having everything run around on the road. And we are told that if we oppose this, then we are bad people then we don't believe in the rights of animals and then we are cruel. We don't believe in coexistence. You know, words like coexistence and compassion are are thrown at us to say, oh, you don't want dogs on the road. So you, you don't believe in coexistence. Nobody is supposed to coexist with disease. Nobody is supposed to co- coexist with, with stray animals and animal attacks and uh, uh, you know, accidents caused by stray animals. That's not the definition of compassion or coexistence. The Animal Welfare Board is, is even legislating on the word compassion, saying if you do this, you are compassionate. If you don't, you are not a compassionate. This is an official government literature this is the absurdity of you know where we are right now
0: got it so you know when we are talking about compassion and rights i mean the basic issue regarding the the you know the you know the control of street dogs essentially is is that you know should we be euthanizing the animals like they do it in uh, you know in, in the us and other places and will euthanizing actually be a solution now i, I want to get both of your perspectives perspectives on this so I would begin with shelter. So, shelter. Suppose let's say we all went back to two thousand one, when MCD and the, when municipal bodies had the authority to, you know, uh, you know, pick up animals of the streets and recognize some of them, given their calculations of how much shelter they etc. They can provide. Would would this evoke some kind of a extreme a negative reaction in this day and age? Now that we know that many uh, children are also being mauled and it's it's a public health uh, safety crisis. So, uh, and number one, and uh, number two, the municipal authorities, I mean, on one hand, they are challenged enough with having lack of staff to actually collect dogs, etc. So now do you think they actually now have the wherewithal to, I don't know, humanely kill and, uh, you know, manage this problem? The question is, let's say we were, were to go back to that era do you think euthanizing will actually now solve this huge you know the, you know the, the crisis that we have? Will it bring down, bring down numbers in any meaningful way? Will it I don't know solve our uh, contribute at least to solving the rabies problem in India? What are your thoughts on that?
1: You know euthanasia will not be acceptable even in the case of animals which are terminally ill. It has now become such a psychological, uh, you might say embedded so much in the psychology of citizens that they will not accept euthanasia. This would have to be built into people's thinking. For instance, you have mosquito breeding going on, municipal corporations chalan people for that. You have somebody polluting the water with chromium plating or electroplating and they get chalaned or they get fined you have all kinds of construction debris lying on the streets, people get challenged. They do nothing of the kind when it comes to the prevention of dogs who can bite and cause rabies. This is a public health responsibility, which is a part of a municipal responsibility to be overseen by the ministries of health and family welfare in the states and the center. None of this is happening in the area of dogs. So coming to euthanasia, it's a completely out of question that the Indian society will accept it. It will take a lot of time to influence them to understand why this is being done.
0: But we also accept death penalty for people. So if people can be convinced for dogs, I mean...
1: They, they can't. It's just become now so embedded, there's nothing you can do about it. But what you can do is to follow certain principles which have been agreed upon, but even those have been thrown to the winds. The courts have said there should be designated places for dogs to be fed, and the designated places have to be defined and selected by the municipal corporation and the animal welfare board and the local resident welfare association. Sounds very good. These three bodies are unlikely to come together for hundreds and thousands of streets and societies and colonies which exist in a a state or in a city. One, they will not come together. Number two, even if a designated place is found, who is going to monitor that it is being observed? There is no enforcement. All this goes on haphazardly, early morning, late at night. Nobody has the wherewithal. With the result, residents will not give you the cooperation on this. One or two residents may run around and say, I won't allow this. I did try. I said, you cannot enter my colony at 10 and start feeding dogs, coming in a Maruti car to feed dogs. You don't even belong to my colony. You're trespassing. To which the man just said, go to hell, just go to hell. And he sort of became very, very abusive. So I complained to the police. The police caught him and they brought him to my doorstep and said, what do we do with him? I said, look, it's not my job, what do I do with him? I don't want to punish him, but he is working at somebody's behest. It is those people that you need to get after, not this poor driver. But the fact remains that we will never be able to put the clock back. Let us do the elementary things that we are capable of doing. Insist that every dog be neutered. It is obvious, you see the testicles and you know that the dog has not been neutered. The minute you do that, the population of dogs will come down. Number two, feeding at designated places has to be monitored by someone. You need a guard to say, aaj animals aaye kal to ekhi aaya tha, to koi bhi nahi tha. Somebody will have to take stock of this. You cannot expect aged People who are not elected have no money to be running around at night or in the early hours of the morning checking whether the feeding is going on. It's going on right under our nose even now. And you know, there's nothing, the RWA is not going to become unpopular with a whole lot of passionate uh, residents who live over here. So I don't think the clock can be put back. But if the elementary things of sterilization, of vaccination, of being able to see that they do not get fed inside residential colonies, or where there are public spaces like metro stations, I mean, places where public is frequent, particularly where young children, near schools and all, young children is a very pathetic case because when they see a dog, you cannot tell them, don't stare at the dog in the face. They will run. And the minute they run, they will get bitten because that is a natural reaction. It's not good to say how many cases, how many people has it happened. It hasn't happened to a single one. You can go on and on becoming passionate. But governments have to be balanced. They have to be objective. It is possible to be, but you need a political message. And you also need courts to be giving the message that they're this much and no more. One cannot go on giving credibility to the Animal Welfare Board and its rules. It has nothing to do with public safety, which is the prime responsibility of every municipal corporation.
0: Makes sense. So, Meghna, how do you see this issue of euthanasia? Can euthanasia solve our problems or, you know, I mean, the, the whole sterilization? I mean, that is that that was the philosophy of, you know, of how these rules came into being in the first place. I- you do sterilization, and over time the numbers will decrease. But that clearly hasn't happened. So, do you think euthanasia can solve uh, the you know our populate, the the quantity problem in the first place?
2: Right. Um, I have a slightly different take on this. One uh, uh, rules and legislation is not are not made and enforced, uh, keeping in mind public morality or public sentiments at the moment. Public morality has to more often than not follow the law. Law doesn't follow, it doesn't go the other way around. For instance, homosexuality was recently decriminalized in the country. Now, having lived in this country for X number of years, I think, personally, I believe that a uh, majority of the country, perhaps, is would not be as accepting, or would not, uh, uh, possibly, not, uh, you know, uh, in tune with the fact that this has been decriminalized. Yeah, like
0: same-sex marriage is completely out of the question.
2: Absolutely, yeah. However, however, the the point I'm trying to make is that law has to follow the constitution, not public morality, or you know, at the moment. As far as euthanasia is concerned, uh, we are not a vegetarian country we kill animals not just for uh, you know just to eat and survival even for even for uh, just the palate right a majority of people in this country are non vegetarians who who can actually survive on something else but animals are killed for our consumption so the notion of uh, culling animals for the protection of human beings is far more palatable and and legal and acceptable right this is it's only a small minority of very vocal people that makes that makes it sound like we don't we don't kill anything which is uh, not not the case at all However, having said that, euthanasia or sterilization or these, these are not uh, one one strategy cannot be an answer and is not an answer to a problem. There are a multitude of things that have to be done, both preventive and ac- active measures have to be taken. And both euthanasia and sterilization are only part. Of a larger dog control policy, different segments of the population have to be dealt with in in a different manner. So the most, uh, you know, for instance, the the most fecund and the most uh, prolifically breeding population would have to be sterilized. Sick animals, aggressive animals, etc., would have to be euthanized. X X segment of the population would be, you know, uh, sheltered, etc. So, just euthanasia or just sterilization is is not not the answer. Both of these are only part of the larger program, uh, stray dog control management program. Uh, we have what we have to understand is that dogs, which is Canis lupus familiaris literally means dog or wolf of the household. It's a domestic species. You can call it street dogs, you can call it indie dogs, you can call it community dogs, doesn't matter. This is canis lupus familiaris. It has to necessarily be under human supervision and control. There's no question of Having them on the road and then saying, oh, we'll have this designated. Dogs don't recognize boundaries, designated areas. They're not stationary animals. You can have as many rules as you want. No dog is going to eat in one corner and sit there the whole day. Uh, it's going to defecate all over the place, it's going to run all over the place. So the first thing to do is recognize what the law says, what the act says, that dogs are domestic companion animals and must be treated as such. They have no role ecologically or otherwise on the streets and in public places without human supervision. This is the starting point of, of all dog control in the country. After this, 60 million dogs cannot be caught overnight, cannot be killed overnight, cannot be sheltered overnight, neutered, nothing. Simultaneously, pet registration schemes, uh, capturing of uh, dangerous animals or animals that have, are suspected of rabies or dogs that have already bitten in somebody, large pa- uh, packs of dogs, puppies, injured animals, dogs in, in, let's say, residential areas or public parks or in the premises of schools, airports, sensitive areas like, like hospitals, S- different segments need to be addressed differently. That's how the the dog, dog control is written into our constitution under different acts. And that that is what needs to be followed. So it's just not one euthanasia or one sterilization thing. There's a multitude of things, strategies to be enforced.
0: So just following up on that, I mean, we recently had the animal birth control rules updated, just released two or three days back, a few days back. Your thoughts on, you know, how, uh, I mean... D- do they work towards solving any of these issues? What are your views on it? You're asking me? Yes, yes, Meghna, you.
1: So the ABC,
2: it's like, it's a case of potatoes, potatoes. You know, they've just sort of, uh, they the, the primary change in the ABC rules, the new ABC rules is that now stray dogs are not even street dogs, they are community dogs so just the name has been changed so now instead of stray dogs causing the problem community dogs will be causing the problem instead of stray dogs dying on the road of homelessness and getting diseased and biting people community dogs will be dying on the road getting into accidents biting people defecating everywhere that's literally i mean the the you know the most important thing uh, that the Animal Welfare Board has supposedly done to try and put forward, a, you know, new and, and improved ABC rules. As long as, you know, this is my position, it was there for the earlier you know, ABC rules, Is there for these ABC rules. Unless you recognize that there is a stray dogs is a problem, you can never hope to solve this issue. The The solution to the stray dog problem cannot be stray dogs. The problem cannot be the solution.
0: But then uh, how do you get the numbers down? I mean, would you have some, uh, you know, some thoughts on it? Or do you think that the the government know or the laws already recognize how to bring these numbers down, but they're simply not doing it? Is it an implementation problem in in your perspective?
2: Uh, no, like I said, all of the laws and acts, step by step, what needs to be done by whom is on one side. And then you have the, these ABC rules with, that are the aberration in all of this that just, that, that say stray dogs is a good, desirable thing. Uh and they must they must remain uh, homeless. So instead of homeless, they just said, no, no, they're community animals. There's no such thing. There's no such thing in our constitution. Our constitution does not recognize homeless animals as community animals, it recognizes their suffering itself because they are unowned and the devastating impacts of stray animals on livestock, wildlife. Um, citizens and their own welfare. So uh, you just you have to implement what you already have in a scientific uh, humane manner and um, uh, completely get rid of this, The you know, the, the winds of animal rights, uh, quote unquote, that seem to be blowing increasingly and being pushed increasingly in the developing world that you people are, you brown folk are equal to animals uh so if they kill you so what well. you also kill them what's the big deal you're all equal now it sounds very benevolent it sounds oh how wonderful you know we are all equal but we are not I mean, this doesn't even need to be debated, right? We're killing animals all the time for all kinds of reasons. We're killing them because they're pests. We're killing them. Uh, you know, tigers are being uh, uh, can be shot if they become a, uh, you know, a threat to human life and property. We kill animals to eat them. We kill animals to feed our, our pet animals. So to say that, no, 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 suddenly we are all equal, and uh, they have, they have the same rights is legally not tenable and factually it's it's a disaster.
0: Makes sense. So, so I'll I'll come to because we've kind of we've already like forty minutes down and I'll probably I'll I uh, want to come up with my last question which you know I'd like both of you to weigh in on from you know the way we have you know been framing this issue. It's the, uh, do you think there is a need for something like a political movement like for instance. What we see now is that, you know, the, uh, the people who are most, you know, bitten or, or, or the people who suffer most from, you know, a dog bites, etc are, you know, not, not only, the, not only poor, the, the poorer sections of society, but also their children, you know, who cannot, parents cannot really monitor them and, you know, you know, chaperone them, you know, and they, we cannot isolate a lot of them from, uh, you know, uh, you know, b- within safer spaces. So they seem to be bearing the brunt of this problem. Is it that because this, you know, the brunt of this problem is borne by the poor sections of the society? And, you know, unless and until somebody really, really important or somebody were to be, you know, fatally bitten or something like that, only then will the pro- the problem become far more magnified. And, you know, somebody in power would actually, you know, frame a political movement or a, some 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 kind of a campaign around it. So what are your thoughts on that, uh, Shailja? Do you think that, you know, unless there is some huge mass awareness program pushed by some powerful entity, things will remain as it is? Or do you think that, you know, organically over time, you know, when more and more bizarre, brutal instances of children being mauled, etc. coming up, there will be some kind of social consciousness as India becomes a richer and more developed country. This will take care of itself, like for instance, garbage or, you know, something like that. What are your thoughts on it?
1: My thoughts are that it is the duty of officials to implement the law. It is the duty of the legislators to amend or modify a law if it is not working. Neither has been done and it is does not require any great movement. It just requires implementation of a law. That is not happening and unless the pol- political people are shown that they are allowing this to go on under their nose, it will not have any effect. I unfortunately feel looking at a plethora of um, cases which are reported periodically in the press that this whole story has been going on for something like 10 or 13 or 15 years in the courts, different courts. At some time the courts give an absolutely draconian order, the next day it is stayed. This sort of thing, I'm cannot, I should not be misunderstood that I'm judging the judges, but it is high time that the courts stop the ambivalence and work just interpreted the law. The law exists. Political people can change the law if they feel that their vote bank is going to be affected. That is up to I mean a de- democratic system. It is for the politicians to put that on the floor of the assembly or the floor of the parliament and get it. But till it happens, the law of the land is there. It requires interpretation in black and white, the Municipal Corporation Act, not the Animal Welfare Board rules. And once that interpretation comes, it has to be implemented. And if politicians are giving a message, don't implement it. Well, it is. I think it's high time that officers stopped behaving like doormats and put their they're there to protect the public, not to just be uh, to get a clean chit in their copybook. I think it's more than possible. You just need the will, but the, it must emanate from the courts because, unfortunately, this quagmire is going on and on, and everybody has an alibi. what the court me pada This must stop.
0: Makes sense. And Meghna, would you? Would you agree with this or do you think do you think we need some kind of a major movement that would evoke, I don't know, public consciousness in a large way? Or is it just a matter of implementing what we have? What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, no, I agree with both Chelja LG and you on this. Absolutely. You know what you said earlier. We are even debating this and talking about it, you know, sometimes in a philosophical sense, sometimes legally, etc. Only because it's the, the as you said, the it's the, the most vulnerable and, and poorest sections of society that face the brunt of it. And our attitude is so disgraceful. Uh, even, I would say, uh, down to the, you know, I hope I don't get hauled up for contempt, but down to the judiciary and, and the legislature legislature. legislature, it is, well, they're poor people. If they don't die of this, they'll die of that. You know, this is literally our uh, attitude and approach to this. And it's, Now that thanks to CCTV footage, camera, uh, you know, um, uh, CCTV camera footage, etc., or photographs, and in this day and age, we are able to actually visually see horrific incidents. So we, you know, we talk about it and, you know, media, uh, news channels will have a debate on it, it, etc. Can you imagine if if a child, one child, God forbid, uh, you know, met the same fate in Luton's Delhi? Uh, we wouldn't be having this debate. You know, all of our laws would be implemented starting today. This, this would, Nobody would have this discussion philosophical or otherwise as to what needs to be done. How do we do it? Do we have the funds to do it? Do we have the will to do it, etc.? so um, now of course what's happened is because the population has gone so out of control the state of population rich people poor people every class of uh, indian society is affected so now people realize that e- even if i go to a market in a car when i get down my child can be you know attacked over there so obviously uh, like you said it's 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 already reached that stage and retaliatory attacks on dogs are increasing uh, because there are a certain segments of the population that uh, cannot protect itself in any other way, and um, yes, the, the judiciary and the legislature are going to have to wake up to this um, very very quickly, because uh, it's it's a disaster already, and I don't I actually don't think it can get any worse. It's just that we'll keep seeing this, and you know. Hopefully, uh, it's sad that we had to hit rock bottom like this to even, you know, uh, to even go to court and for the courts to decide.
0: You're not sure if we've hit rock bottom because we could all...
2: Well, if we don't think this is rock bottom, then there is something, you know, seriously
1: wrong with us. Sure. Can I interrupt you for just one minute? Just one minute. You know, the shortage of rabies injections should speak for itself. If a country cannot even give rabies injections to people who have been bitten, it is really a pathetic state of affairs. Why is somebody in public health, in urban development, not monitoring this? That means that you would then wake up and see why do you have such a big shortage? Because there are so many dog bites. I think this has to be seen uh, in a much more serious um, uh, way than just treating it as just something, you know, which has to be also done sometime.
2: Thank you for having me. Right. Yeah, I just want to quickly add to what Jaji said. It's so true. This is not a stray dog, kutta billi issue. This is a public health crisis and it has to be seen as a rabies control, dog attack, management uh, and a, you know, public health issue.
0: I mean, the government is committed to it. Right. Why
2: is the Animal Welfare Board of India making rules on this? Their their job is limited to funding shelters. Their job is not to even talk about. They have neither the expertise nor the authority to be talking about public health and safety. So, um, yeah.
0: Unless changes, so why doesn't? I mean, if you both have two minutes, I, I I would be happy to discuss this. Why doesn't this 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 dogma change? That is, why is everything still uh, within the powers of the AWBI? And uh, how is that there is no greater? I mean, push from, I don't know, political push or, you know, some kind, some kind of other uh, initiative to actively take powers away from them or at least, uh, you know, have a discussion with the AWBI on, you know, a, a, a making this a public health issue rather than one of animal rights, etc.
1: I think the reply is how, why are we giving that kind of superhuman position, stature to the Animal Welfare Board? It is a creature which is a part of a legislation for prevention of cruelty to animals. It has nothing to do with human beings. The law, which is very much there, there are six sections of law in the Delhi Municipal Corporation Act dealing with dogs. Why is that not being implemented? And I think that that is where the real question arises. And if that is a public health issue, it is for the health ministry and the municipal corporations to come together to protect human health before animal health. Meghna, you want to- Yes, absolutely,
2: absolutely. We're you see, even in even in courts, these are stray dog cases, uh, you know. And, and this is how propaganda works. For the last twenty years, this has been a stray dog issue. We have to protect stray dogs. We have to feed stray dogs. We have to remove stray dogs. We have to adopt stray dogs, street dogs, community dogs. We we missed the bus on this completely. This is a public health issue and public health and safety crisis to be handled by the Ministry of of health. Uh, rabies is a is a disease that that kills, well, you know, um, that kills human so it's beings. the
0: lack of framing it as a public health issue that has is singularly been obstruction to our efforts to and why the problem has burgeoned to these levels. So.
2: Right. And therefore, when you talk about it, it's always about, oh, you're being cruel. You want to kill stray dogs. You're, you, you know, you don't you don't want to coexist with them. All animals are equal. I mean, all living creatures are equal. So, we descend into some, you know, tot- we go into a off-the-tangent sort of uh, debate, which is what? Moral is.
0: philosophical argument.
2: Moral, so. you know, animal rights versus human rights. This is not even the issue.
0: Got it. Makes sense. Got it makes sense great so thanks uh thanks migna thanks Shelda for taking time out and being part of this so we have you know discusses issues in multiple ways and angles and hopefully you know this will provoke some greater public consciousness and you know fresh thinking on finding solutions